Hey, uh, today we are, actually we skipped our great things. So go ahead and make sure that you take time for that. Uh, we just got right on into it. I love when I am driven into this work like that. Cause like y'all come on. And <laughs> today we are talking about sort of the pain, this call for connection that happened really over the last year. And I'm talking about the things that led up to that and the pain that re-experiencing emotion was for me and how I think that really drew me to where I am now, this call for connection. But I'm doing research right now to better understand why that may have happened. Let's go. Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast, where we do dreams. And finding that alignment in season four has been very important because this is the truth of all the work that the Death of a Dream becomes. And rolling out the first book this season related to that sort of creates this journey and this pathway for people to recover and go after the things that they want in this life. It's moving people through this transition of something doesn't feel quite right. How do I feel my way back there? And I'm excited to be expanding that work in season four and to even be still showing up for what will be the death of a dream and all the beautiful things that we do to change the world together. We've gone through some crazy seasons. We've gone through some more quiet and reserved seasons, seasons of attack, and we're finally experiencing the first season of alignment and building. We have found a foundation, and I am very excited to be building right along with all of you. Heyo, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Anas. And this is where we do dreams. That really is every day here. We're talking about the things that steal our dreams, that help our dreams, that hold us back from our dreams, the things that are being created to help dreamers do, and everything in between. This is sort of a cross between. I don't, mm, do we dare say motivational? Oh, I don't know. Uh, cross between motivational, we'll say that, and aspirational, and just really having somewhere to come back. Because honestly, as I experienced this path, like, as I realized that I was going to go make my dreams happen, I felt lonely and isolated and really freaking weird, quite frankly. That's 
Those are the words that I have. I felt really weird, really weird. And at times I still do. It still just feels like at times I'm talking to people and they're like, we can't, you can't just do that. That's not possible. And then I sort of sit there like, oh, you're not getting what I'm putting down and that's okay, right? Move along. We're going to move along. We're going to go ahead and take the pass on you understanding me for right now. Because what I have gotten better at is realizing generally it's just a, a timing thing. They don't get what you're putting down. Sometimes the sprinkle is the seed. And when they're ready, if they ever get ready, they come back around and realize, right? And so I continue this show because obviously it's just become a therapy, a part of how I practice my craft every single day. And it can be somewhat of a conversation forward if you're feeling alone in your dreams. Because dreams are beautiful and wonderful things, but a lot of times big dreamers are sort of left on their own ledge, right? Without anyone or any thing to speak to, to continue to feel pushed in what they're trying to do, to even find anyone who speaks a similar language, I found to be really tough. Now, that was likely because I wasn't actually speaking that language. I was only dreaming of speaking that language. And so I hadn't quite gotten the vibration down, right? It's all vibrational frequencies, all of that. And once I got there, I could begin to get get in touch with dreamers who were on that same path or wanted to be, aspired to be. And yeah, but either way, no matter where you are, you need someone. And I realized that like my once or twice a month or my reading of a book and then not reading again for another year, like it wasn't enough to draw me aggressively towards the things that I wanted. And so I had to come back every day and create my own consistent practice of practicing what I preach and implementing those things into my life and making it happen every day for me, writing, journaling, reflecting, reading and learning more about the human mind and why it does the things that it does and why we fight for dreams and against them so aggressively. And that study and pursuit continues as I continue to learn about my own journey. And to me, 
the paths and phases that have been repetitive throughout this journey. Like there are specific things that have happened that I can see in other people and I can better understand how to help them now understanding like where I was from a phase perspective. And so that's not like a one and done. Oh, here are the phases and we're good. We like ascend and then check out. I think it's a continued process. I'm still learning and understanding the phases. I just started a book this morning on, it's called Lost Connection, which I'm really excited because I was gifted a gift card to Barnes and Noble to buy myself a book. And I don't, sometimes I research specifically. And so I will go in search of books. Sometimes I will go and just let books speak to me. But this time I was like, I'm going to get something I really want. And most books are all around the same price. So I don't know what it was about this, but I was like, yes, I'm finally going to buy Johan Hari, who is a journalist who speaks on depression. He actually has a couple of really awesome documentaries on Roku TV, which is free. Um, but I love the way that he thinks and talks about depression and antidepressants and this like thought of lost connection. And for me, when I read that title, when I was at Barnes and Noble, I was really pumped to even see a book by Johan because I hadn't seen one on a bookshelf yet. So I knew right when I saw it that like, that's coming home with me. And then as I kept reading about it, I'm like, this, this is really important to know because there definitely was Mm, a a part of my story, and we're probably going to skip Greatness Grounding today because we're already in. Welcome. Make sure that you take time to recognize yourself for your greatness today, but we're skipping that. I will make sure to journal on it today. But there was a portion of my story that a lot of me, after I left sort of what I would call the physical world, the corporate world, parts of me just wanted to hunker down and hide and, and do internal searches and not like I was too weak in my investigation of myself to be able to take the bluntness of experiencing human connection. And that probably sounds like the craziest thing ever. But as I was going through this period of really deep self-reflection and understanding, I felt like it was draining to leave my home. When I would leave, I'd come back and like have to lay in bed for a day minimum. And it would send me spiraling into all sorts of directions. I was not strong enough to really leave and be able to not take on every single emotion of every single person that I would come into contact with for like a year and a half. 
like it was heavy and really hard. And gosh, like in the middle of that experience of like asking to feel things again, once I opened that up, it was like an open wound. And every time that I would go out, it was like throwing salt on it. And it hurt every time. And so I, I like to write from that perspective just so people don't feel so weird. Like I was like, oh no, I did this journey to help heal myself and to go after my dreams, but I really feared for a while that I had completely broken myself. <laughs> like, whoa, I thought I was supposed to be helping people. So then there was a while where people were asking me to help people because of what they knew that I did. And I was like, listen, y'all, pretty sure I just broke myself. Pretty sure I can't help anyone. Like, I can't even go to the store. And not come home jolted. Right? And there definitely is a phase of that when you open yourself back up to allow emotions and feelings to come in. And so after that recovery process, after being able to understand how to live in this new way where I was feeling and I I could understand and in, interpret my feelings and and help myself through that i then felt this extreme call to like stop protecting myself and allow myself to go back into the physical world and yikes Right. <laughs> and so much of what I had said when I left my job was like, why would we ever build anything physical? Why would we take on the overhead and all of those things? And and technology is really the way to go and not wrong and everything. And there was still this like beautiful, organic, like regain of love for human connection for just connection to anything to to community to to my surroundings to the people there to my people to my family to those people and to be able to finally feel like I was in this place mentally where I could take on the feeling of physical space with humans and and even want and crave that was like a drastic difference from where I was at just a year ago. And that to me is a really important phase to start understanding. And so when I found this book, I was like, oh my gosh, 
la la la, you know, when like all the lights come on and there's like sunlight, a sunbeam just shining on this one specific thing. Like that was me in Barnes and Noble. And after reading and finishing The Body Keeps the Score, which I do recommend you read. I recommend everyone read. It's a really great understanding of why and how our bodies hold on to trauma, right? Like, and when we're, th- I believe, I believe, this is just my belief, I believe that dreams dying are usually related to a traumatic reoccurrence or a trauma that planted a disbelief that then continues this narrative that we continue to talk ourselves out of going after our dreams because of that one thing. And so this book is really important when we're looking at it from that lens because it's talking about those things, how we process and take those on in our bodies and we don't allow ourselves to feel them or understand that like we are separate from that, that experience, those words, those stories. And when we're just trying to hide it or numb it or avoid it, it comes back up in other ways, right? And so we have to go back there, back to the root cause and really dig ourselves all the way there. So then it just becomes something that happened, not something that is still happening. So when we are triggered again, because we will be no matter what, no matter how far removed we think we are, when we're triggered again, we can come up with a response. We can understand like our brains have removed ourselves far enough from that experience that we can understand that these are separate things, that this is not right now. This is not the same and it will be okay. And so as I continue to investigate and try to better understand like what this phase is about, like why the physical was really important in this phase, why community became so important in this healing process. Like I gotta know more. And this book came at the perfect time and I had just finished I, I just finished The Body Keeps the Score and I was happy to have this book up and ready to go as a perfect like precursor for after understanding the trauma and now understanding like why, why this call for connection? Like what happened? What did I do to have healed this to this state? Like, I am telling you, and I did a couple of posts about it when I was going through it. It was hard 
to move. Move. Just move. And I I was actually presented with a couple of really great opportunities. And I know that I talked about that the beginning of last year. It's like, I couldn't take them on because I couldn't see if I was going to actually find something here, fix something here. Like, y'all, this was broke, more broke than I had been even before. Right? When I had just started on this journey of chasing my dreams, when I was manic and and anxious and depressed and like constantly in flares and disruptive states of being, this was worse. Because at least there, I had like fits of rage and passion. And here, I was really scared to feel much of anything. Because of just how, like when you open those floodgates out, how up, sorry, how aggressive all emotion feels. And maybe there's a way to open them up nicely and not experience what I experienced. But it was, oh, it was low for a longer time than I probably even brought here. And there were a lot of like high moments, but there was a lot of of lowness. And I hope that I brought that to life in the show enough that y'all could understand that That will probably be the hardest book to write. And we're about, we're two books away from that one. But man, it was rough. It was really rough. (laughs) And... Something about getting on the other side of that and remembering what my friend and kind of stand-in mother throughout high school, because you know how you had those, like the mom's house, the parent's house that you hung out most with your friend, like they also become your parents. And my other high school mother would remind me just the other day, like, this is really great because you are a very social person. Like, that was probably what called me to athletics so much is like, it's such a socially complex environment, right? You are working together to make this happen for a larger group of people who find pride in your ability to make that happen and and there's conversation created from competition and there's this constant camaraderie and it is social and it is 
wonderful and magical to see people come together in a team atmosphere. And even though I felt called away from that, it was hard to understand how to exist without that. And I know that that attributed to some of that fear and pain leaving that environment. And I will say that it's always been there. Like I had to have that to remind me of my worth. Only to leave again, but I had to have that when I was drowning and forgetting. And it was enough to pull me back out. Otherwise, I think if that life raft hadn't come up when it did, I'm really afraid that I would have drowned. Like, I, when I was experiencing this struggle to leave this overwhelming doubt and emotion and like pain, I was just in my home. Like I left to pick up children, to bring them back here, to be at home. And I would leave once in a while for a meeting or two, but they were always like painful. I always came home and like had to decompress for days, days. And I want to go ahead and point out that that's probably normal for empaths, for people who feel deeper, but it hadn't been normal for me because I had suppressed feeling things for so long. I had not allowed myself to feel anything. And any time that I did, that it bubbled up or bubbled over, like, it all spiraled out of control. And then, like, there would be that hangover phase of having blown up or having done that or having whatever. And then things go back to normal and we're able to be normal for a little while. And then it repeat and cycle. And it was this crazy anger and rage and madness that I felt always bubbling under the surface for me. And I didn't have any sense of, of calm or collectiveness. And it was really scary. And then to think that I was leaving that to have come up with this, like, what seemed like a much worse thing, right? This inability to even do the things that I love doing, which was like socializing and, and meeting new people and connecting to have wanted to just ball up in a corner all of the time. And anytime that I got to do, go do those things that I knew were true to what I enjoyed, I couldn't even handle them. That was like really scary. And I really feared for a long time that I had broken myself more than fixed. And now I feel like that is a part of the phases that someone goes through in this like 
finding alignment, purpose, balance, path. Like part of that path is feeling things. And if on the off chance that we have been numbing those feelings, not paying attention to those feelings, letting those back in is really overwhelming. And so part of that is like trying to protect yourself from that. And my protection looked like building a company that was an app versus something with actual humans. I couldn't handle actual humans. And so building an IT version was two things. One, getting me a higher acceptance by the people that I was looking for acceptance for, for because from because I was still sort of trying to nurture that like you tell me where to go I don't know what to do I was still trying even though I I wanted to create my own reality it was hard not to get back into those grooves of okay tell me what to do tell me what would make me accepted and make everyone proud and tell me what to do tell me tell me what that would be and so following that path looked like IT because building anything that's considered creative or lifestyle in quotes as a business isn't really a a scalable idea isn't a scalable business and so you're sort of like the black sheep of business builders and then Two, leaving my home was scary. Experiencing other people, putting myself out there for other people to experience was threatening, scary, frightening. It was Everything that I didn't want, everything that I was scared of experiencing, all wrapped up into one. And so building something online that just experienced people from afar felt much safer. And so that was where I went. And as soon as I sort of had this, I think it was after finishing my book, this epiphany that I was still trying to gain acceptance from people, I would begin to release all of those situations and people and get back to what it was that my heart wanted. And that would begin to draw me to the path that I'm on now. And it was, again, another, like, withdrawal from those people, similar to when I withdrew from corporate, that that connection to this, like, knowing that you're on a success route. Well, when I left that to become a, in quotes, entrepreneur, <laughs> I figured out the, like, corporate acceptable version of entrepreneurship, and I was trying to follow that path. and. Eventually, 
through pain, but through understanding the pain and doors not opening, I would see that that wasn't where I was supposed to be. And I was craving something, the internet and acceptance as an entrepreneur could could never give me, which was connection with the small things, with something that my heart really wanted. And so I'm learning more about that now. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you support any creative that is doing work. And that's simple. Just comment, like, share, review things for them so they keep bringing their art into this world changing it and making it a more beautiful place. You can do that with all of this work here. Feel free, share, review. I write and post every weekday just to help expand my own light in hopes that it helps expand others. And you can find me at hannahness.channel on all socials. Help follow and share and expand this work. And you can find all of my offerings and products at hannahness.channel as well. Change the world.